Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Um, it is indeed true. I am an avid fan of Korean Football Club. Don't hold that against me. Um, I'd like to, to say a, a massive thank you to Bangor Worldwide, uh, to the committee, um, for the invitation to come and to, to share a little bit about the Hub Belfast tonight. It's exciting um, to be here, and it's a real privilege to get to share with you a little bit about what God is doing um, among students in Belfast. Um, I'm sure, uh, like Jeff, many of you have had to maybe go to the, the program and look up the blurb to see a little bit what the, the Hub Belfast is about. Um, hopefully tonight, when you leave from here, you'll uh, be slightly clearer about what we do and what God is doing among students in Belfast. Um, the Hub is the Church of Ireland and Methodist Chaplaincy for students um, of university and college campuses in Belfast. Historically, we have been the Church of Ireland's um, chaplaincy to Queen's University um, for over 60 years. It started back in the 1950s, and um, more recently, uh, we joined forces with the Methodist Church. The two denominations have come together. That in itself is a presentation. If you want to chat to me more about that afterwards, that we can talk about that later. Um, but the two denominations have joined forces, and so in the last kind of uh, eight or nine years, it has been the Church of Ireland and Methodist chaplaincy, the two denominations working together to minister among students in Belfast. Now, I mentioned it was previously just to Queen's University. In the last two years, we have began to um, work outside of the Queen's context. We have been working and linking up with other campuses, other colleges, other universities in the city um, to bring a little bit of hope to bring a little bit of the gospel into the lives of as many students we come into contact with across the city. So the Hub Belfast, what are we about? Worship, community, and outreach. Those are the three things that um, we, we, we base our, our ministry upon is the, the worship of God. We want to encourage students, all the students we come into contact with, we want to encourage them to, to look up we want to point the way to Jesus, and we want to encourage students uh, to grow in their, their relationship with the Father and to ultimately worship Him. Now, not just in corporate worship, but also as, uh, as a lifestyle. The Romans 12 worship that Paul talks about, about laying down our bodies, about sacrificing and giving over our lives for the gospel and for Jesus Christ. That's the kind of worship we want to be encouraging students in. Community. We are, um, we are keen and set on growing good, healthy Christian community. We want to build and create communities where um, people can come in and they can make friends, friends that will last a lifetime, and friends that will journey with them as they go on their journey of faith. No matter what stage of the journey they might be at, whether they are following Jesus for the last 10 years or whether it's just been for 10 minutes, uh, we want to journey with students um, and create a good, healthy Christian community for students to grow. Outreach is our final thing. We want to encourage students to look out, to see the world beyond them, to see the world that they're living in, and to reach out to those who don't yet know Jesus. And so we're always saying amongst the chaplains and amongst the students that we um, minister with and we get to journey with, we're always saying that you guys, the students, you guys are the ones on the front line. 
It's the students who day after day go into class, um, they go into their lectures, they go into all of their different um, study periods, all the stuff that they get involved in, the students' union life of that, all of the uh, sports and clubs and societies that they're already get involved with. It's the students who are meeting other students, and therefore they're the ones on the front line, and we're encouraging them to be bold, to be passionate, and to be great witnesses of Jesus Christ. Uh, where are we located? Uh, we are based um, mostly out of Elmwood Avenue, which is just right opposite the, the main Lanyon building of Queens. That's the, the iconic, big, beautiful building. Um, we are just down the road um, on the left-hand side. So you can see from the picture here, um, those buildings that are the, the nice red-bricked ones, uh, we have from number 16 right up to number 26. Now, part of that is um, four residential houses. So we have housing for up to 50 students who each year come and apply to come and live in the chaplaincy. They agree to come and live in Christian community and worshiping with us and growing with us and journeying with us. In that same block there that you can see on the street, we have our offices, we have a church facility, a church building, and we have our cafe as well. A cafe that is open to the public from 9.30 to 4 o'clock every Monday to Friday through term time. Best coffee on campus, no doubt. So, um, as we move on, as I said, um, previously we have been the chaplaincy to Queens um, for over 60 years. Um, and in the last couple of years, we have now begun to, to grow ministries in other places. Um, so, we have linked up, um, not just with Queens University, but with the University of Ulster um, down in Belfast. Some of you will know St. Anne's Cathedral, just beside that, there's a, a beautiful big building. It's the Art College of the University of Ulster. We're working down there with the chaplains that are there already, um, and we're working alongside them. We're working with uh, Stranmillis, the teaching college, I'm sure most of you will be familiar with, and also with Belfast Met. Uh, Belfast Met is a, a college campus. They have four campuses in Belfast. We're working with the one in Millfield, um, just behind the Castle Court, um, where we're at working at the moment to see how can we reach out to the students there and how can we best support them. So this idea of chaplaincy, if you were to go on to um, the Queen's University website or any of those kind of websites for the institution, and you're to click on chaplaincies, their, their one-sentence tagline is, chaplaincy exists to support students. And that's what we're about. We're about supporting students as best we can, um, whether that's being a listening ear for students who are maybe struggling, um, giving them guidance, um, and we're also there for spiritual support as well, pointing people to Jesus as much as we can. I want to show uh, a quick little, quick little video. Um, so we're based in Belfast. So uh, is there anyone in here tonight from Belfast? Right, there's a few hands going up. We're all familiar with Belfast. We are all familiar with our country's history. We're all familiar with um, the divisions that there are within the city. Belfast long has since been a, a troubled city, a city that has so much conflict. And this little video is just gonna to begin to show a little bit about how the city of Belfast is changing and how I believe God is slowly beginning to heal the wounds of the past. So if you wanna just fix your eyes on this video, let's hope it works.
short video clip that shows what Belfast was 30 or 40 years ago, where there were checkpoints in the city, there were security guards, there were armed forces on the streets, where you weren't allowed to go at the weekends, there was a curfew to the city that is now and has been and is beginning and to continue to change as is. City, the city is not what it used to be. Um, and I have a confession to make tonight. At the very beginning of that clip, you saw the, the checkpoints and stuff that Belfast used to be. My confession tonight is I wasn't around in those days. Um, that is before my time. But I am so thankful to God that actually the city has moved on. And the city that I see and the city that I live in at the moment and minister in is one that I absolutely love. I love to see the vibrancy. Um, as you see towards the video begins to get faster and quicker, you begin to see that the culture is beginning to change in the city um, and is changing rapidly. That is the context in which we are ministering in today. A little clip here, uh, a little picture. Right on the very left-hand side, a small little circle, um, you can see that is Strandmillis College. And if you follow that blue line right across to the very, very right, that ends um, just at the Art College, which I mentioned about, um, right beside St. Anne's Cathedral. And within that area in the middle, you've got Queen's University, you've got the city center, and you've got uh, Belfast Metropolitan College, Millfield, that's the one just above the blue line to the right-hand side. That is the area in which we are ministering into. That line itself from Strandmillis right down to the Art College is two and a half miles, which is not very much. You can Belfast bike it in 13 minutes. It is not that far. But yet, here are some of the facts and the figures about just how many people and how many students there are within the city. Queen's University have over 25,000 people enrolled on a Queen's University course and they are looking to triple the amount of international students that are coming into the city. So that in itself means that the, the look of the city, the feel of the city is beginning to change. There are more international students coming in, which is absolutely brilliant. Previously, when, there was, uh, when it was largely Northern Irish University with Northern Irish students, what you found was they would have arrived, students arrived on a Sunday night into the city, they would have studied Monday through to Friday, and on Friday afternoon, they would have taken their laundry, and they would have shipped back home to mom and dad for the weekend for a good meal and to get the washing done. But that's no longer going to be the case because there's now going to be so many more international students coming over. Um, Queens have said that they want a third of their students to be from overseas, which means then that the, the culture of the city begins to change and is shaped by those people because they're there. The University of Ulster... Um, in general, the whole University of Ulster um, have 24,000 students enrolled within the university. Um, now, that is across Northern Ireland. That includes the Corian campus and the McGee campus in Derry, Londonderry. Um, and there are 15,000 people enrolled in a course in Jordanstown. I'll come back to Jordanstown. Belfast Met has got four colleges, four campuses in Belfast, and they have roughly 37,000 students enrolled. That includes um, full-time courses, part-time courses, night classes, um, and all of the very diff various different um, courses that they offer over weekends and things like that. So when you boil that down and you take out some of the, the night classes that they run, you're looking at roughly 75,000 students enrolled across campuses in Belfast. That's a pretty big mission field for a two and a half mile 
stretch of land. Now, I said about Jordanstown, um, for anyone who's, who's from Northern Ireland and maybe you live in Belfast, you will know probably that Jordanstown are hoping to move into the city. Um, they've already begun building. They're hoping to move in. I think the date gets pushed back further and further. But nevertheless, um, they're hoping to move into the city, which again means there are more people. Um, where are all these people going to live? Well, there are, um, Queens have said that there are going to be more than 5,000 um, new student beds on the way in Belfast. That was written in 2017, and indeed, we are now seeing uh, the fruit of all of that, the building work. Again, this is a, another picture of that same, uh, this is home in a wee bit, that's probably about a two-mile stretch of land, um, and recently there have been so many uh, private accommodations plus um, Queen's accommodations have been springing up in the city. There are now over 7,000 beds um, for students within the city, mostly around the cathedral quarter. So we have the world on our doorstep. More international students are coming in. There's a greater ethnic and cultural diversity than ever before. City, the city is beginning to look different, feel different. The culture is beginning to change. There's a new demographic for the city center. There are younger people um, who are there at the weekends. There are people who are coming over often from overseas or coming from privileged backgrounds. The cost to study abroad uh, is so expensive. It often is the, the privileged and the educated and the wealthy. Uh, students that come across overseas to study. They are detached from Belfast. They don't know so much about the social division and the history of Belfast. And so that in itself means that the city is beginning to change. Often we find that students are isolated, they're indebted, and they're a target group for every corporate venture in the city, the likes of the private accommodations that are now springing up um, and, and charging a fortune to come and live in the city center. The community is transient and it's not rooted. In other words, people are coming in, they're staying for a small short time, and then they're moving on again. So what, James? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, this is a good question. So as part of the chaplaincy, as I said before, we are committed to growing worship community and outreach. Uh, that begins with the Church of the Resurrection. At the heartbeat of the, the chaplaincy, we have the Church of the Resurrection, which again is a, a transient, fluid community where we are a chapel, essentially a chapel service to the institution, to the universities. But yet we find there are um, families and, and people who have been committed to the church for over 20 years, and that is their home. We then see more students coming in, um, and they join with us for, some come for a couple of weeks to see what we're about, and then they move on. Others come, and they make us their home, and they stay with us, and they journey with us, and they grow with us um, for a couple of years before they then move on to a job or to employment, whatever it might be. So that is the, the church of the resurrection. That's what we're about. We're about growing the worship of God and the community, um, good Christian community. What this looks like is sometimes a, an international meal once a month where we invite um, all students, um, but we, we seem to get the international students who come on a Sunday afternoon and we, we eat with them, we gather around the table. In fact, everything we do at the chaplaincy seems to revolve around food. Okay, you offer a free meal, you offer tea and coffee and donuts, whatever it might be, students just seem to gravitate to food, which is brilliant because once you know that, you know, you're in, you know what you're doing. So, 
uh, we, we, run a, we run a meal once a month um, after church for students to come, and again, it's about growing that Christian community. Another uh, ministry that we have seen growing over the last number of years is a, a ministry called Worship 101. If you were to turn up on Elmwood Avenue at the hub at the chaplain, say if you came on any given Thursday night between the hours of 10.30 p.m. and 11.30 p.m., uh, during term time, you will walk into the church, you will find anywhere between two and 300 students worshiping Jesus. And so I, I said this morning a little bit about how students in Belfast, they get a bad reputation. Often we see in the, the press and the news, the media uh, reports around, particularly around St. Patrick's Day, when there's uh, unrest, when there is sometimes violence and just general bad behavior. And that's what students get labeled with. They get painted with a brush of they're just the ones, they're just going away and partying for three years. They're just going away to drink for three years. And yes, that may be the case for some, but actually what we're seeing is a movement of young people who are passionate and hungry for Jesus. To have two or three hundred people coming in and worshiping is just fantastic. There's a short clip here. If it works, we will play this. A short clip that doesn't give you the whole width of the room, but that is a room filled with, as I said, somewhere between two and 300 students. They overflow out into the cafe because they are hungry to come and to spend time in God's presence. And that is something that I am so thankful for, to see a bunch of young people who are just passionate for Jesus Christ. Um, there have been many testimonies have come out of those evenings, evenings spent worshiping God, We've had one evening uh, a young woman who was walking past the door, and she heard the sound of the voices. She heard the, the song um, flowing out onto the street, and so she dandered in. She takes a walk in through the cafe. She's uh, spotted by one of the prayer ministry team, all students, um, who went over, approached her, and welcomed her, said hello, got chatting with her. Turned out this was a girl who was just out for a walk that night, needed to clear her head. She had no... Um, no knowledge or anything to do with church or anything, no church background. She was just out for a walk, and suddenly she was invited in. She was pulled in. There was something that grabbed her attention. She was brought in, had a great conversation with um, this young girl on the prayer ministry team. She ends up telling her about what we're doing, why we're singing, facing a wall and a cross on it. It looks a bit weird if you think about it, but she begins to explain about who it is we're worshiping. She begins to explain who we are and whose we are, and although that girl doesn't go, she doesn't go away with any commitment made to Jesus, we did get to pray with her. The young girl on the, on the prayer ministry team got to pray with this girl. And we believe that's just a, a small seed planted in that young girl's life as she goes about the rest of her life. We pray that God will continue to work in her life as she goes on. Accommodations, I mentioned uh, there's so many accommodations that are springing up in the city. Um, Elms is the... the the Queen's University one, so they have their um, massive 
Elms Village um, on the Malone Road. It's a short, maybe 15 or 20 minute walk just up from the main Queen's campus. And we are in there once a night, or once a week, sorry, on a Tuesday night. We go in and again, food brings the people. We bring toasties, uh, we set up tea and coffee flasks, and we give out donuts and toasties and all sorts of things, and we just get chatting to people. We're a Christian presence in the middle of this village filled with a couple of thousand students who are living there, and we are there simply to be present. We get chatting to people, we give out tea and coffee and all the rest of it and the food, it draws the people in, and suddenly they're going, who are you and what are you about? That's your open door to a conversation about who we are and whose we are. And so it's been fantastic to see some of the, the stories that have come out of that, some of the relationships that are built. Sometimes it's sitting with a student for a long time, just being a listening ear as they talk about their struggles. Sometimes it's someone who's on a journey, who's seeking, seeking something, but it's maybe not, who's not sure what they're seeking. And so you get to tell them about what Jesus has done for them. This is a photo of a couple of uh, students we've met. Um, young girl on the left, she joined our, our church because uh, she was intrigued by what we were doing. She was a Christian, and she wanted to come and get plugged in. And so has been part of our church community for the last 12 months. And we're so excited for her to return now in September, who will join us again for this next year. This guy on the right in the blue T-shirt, an Asian student who was over, a mature student, who was over uh, to study, I think it was his master's in education that he was doing. Um, and we got chatting with him and we begin to share a little bit about what we're about. And so we journey with him, we begin to see him week in, week out. He keeps coming for, for the food and for the community and the fellowship. And we get to share a little bit about what Jesus has done for him. This is a picture of uh, one of our interns, Tori, who's been able to give him a Bible, his first Bible, which he's taken away and is beginning to read. I mentioned Belfast Met Campus. This is one of our, our newer ministries that we have started where we are trying to see how we can support the students of that area and in that campus. So again, it's the food. We started a barbecue on the first week of term um, and we, we had tried this two years ago and it didn't work. There were very few people came. We tried it again last year and hoped that maybe word would get out that we were back and that we were gonna start it. And suddenly we fed between 60 and 70 people turned up um, and have been coming ever since. There's a, a certain group of guys who come to that every Tuesday. It's not always a barbecue. We mix it up. Sometimes we do hot dogs inside as opposed to outside in the oven. But we mix it up every Tuesday. We have a free lunch. We invite students in. And again, it's been the listening ear, the pastoral support. It's the friendly face who says, how's it going? the friendly face who's encouraging students who are maybe coming from families and backgrounds where they don't get much encouragement, coming from all sorts of different um, lifestyles and families that are maybe uh, broken in some way. And so we have the privilege of being able to get, draw alongside those students, support them, encourage them, and again, to share a little bit about what Jesus has done for them. As a result of that, we've been able to pray with a bunch of young guys who come along every week, week in, week out. There's 10 of them. They come every week. We get to sit with them, to laugh with them, just to journey with them. We get to continue to tell them about God, about Jesus, about what he has done for them. They've come to church on the odd occasion, um, and there has no, been no sort of commitment of faith just yet, but we're continuing to pray for those guys that they'll come back in two weeks' time when we kick off again, praying that those guys will continue that journey. 
We do a lot of street evangelism. We, as I said at the beginning, we encourage our students to, um, to be on the front line, to be bold witnesses of Jesus. And so one of the things we do is we'll often just set up a table outside and we will just chat to people. And what we're always encouraging them is pray with people, offer to pray. It's all well and good to have a conversation with people. That's a brilliant thing to do. But whenever you pray for someone, whenever you come before the Father and you intercede for a young person, a young student, that's powerful. And so what we have seen in the last year as we've been doing this, we have seen students praying for students, some of their peers, their friends from classes who maybe walk past and they're asking, what, what are you doing here? What's this about? So you get to tell them who we are, what we're all about. And suddenly we've seen then peers praying for peers. We've had staff of the chaplaincy praying for staff of the university, for lecturers, for secretaries. And it's been amazing to see just what happens when you step out of the comfort zone and just begin to tell people about what Jesus has done. As well as that, we put a big effort on supporting mission. Um, we support three other mission organizations. Abana, who I think are in the, the village, the, the global village. You can go and check them out. We took a team of 20 students out to Uganda with Abana and Wakisa, another Ugandan charity. A team of 20 students out in June. We went for three weeks, and when we come back, someone asked, well, how was it? How did it go? And I was speechless because of the things that happened out there. We saw students stepping up to the plate and being bold. We saw students living out their faith in such a courageous way that has inspired me ever since. And so I was able to honestly tell my friends when I came back that we saw demons flee at the name of Jesus. We saw people healed, both physically and spiritually. And we saw the greatest gift and the greatest miracle of all. We saw young people giving their lives to Jesus for the first time in a, a prison in Kampala. And it was amazing to watch students step up and step into their calling. We also support the South Belfast Food Bank, and so we encourage students every time to, to think about, you know, how do you support the community around you? Here you are, you're placed in South Belfast. How do we support the community around us? And that's just one way, um, through giving um, and through volunteering with the South Belfast Food Bank. So as I come to a bit of an end here, what could Paul have known about his missionary journey? We constantly are thinking about what could Paul have known as he traveled into Philippi? He didn't know anything. He knew very little about the city he was going to. He knew Greek city, Greek culture under Roman rule. The confusion that that must have brought for Paul as he traveled around spreading the gospel. That must have been difficult, but yet we see in Acts when Paul says, okay, let's go out of the city gates and let's go and find the, the meeting for prayer. Paul bumps into a bunch of, of young women who are by the river and an encounter with them then gives birth to the Western church. Paul could never have known that. In the same way, when we step out onto the campuses and into the university colleges in Belfast, we're never really sure what's gonna happen. We want to be there for students. We want to support them in all that we do. But we want them to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There's a happy photo. 
back in the early 1950s. This is a group of uh, students and a few Church of Ireland ministers. Back in the early 1950s, they had this great idea. Do you know what? Let's buy a house and let's put a chaplain in there. And let's just see what happens. They could never have known the ministry that has been birthed now, that there is a ministry and that God is working in amongst more than just queens, but it is actually God at work in all of the campuses and universities across the city. This is just a bunch of men who said yes to the calling of God, who just were faithful to God and faithful to their generation. And that's all we seek to do, is to be faithful to God and to be, seek, or to be faithful to the generation of students who are studying at the minute. There is so much more that I could talk about. I'd love to share the stories of um, one, one young girl who, who came to our church, not because of faith or anything like that, but because she was lonely. And actually, a recent survey has uh, just come out in the last number of months, and it has been done over the last uh, two years. And one of the statistics says that every student, or no, 70% of students experience loneliness at one time or another. And actually, we saw a young girl who came to our church on a Sunday morning, not because of faith, as I say, but because she just wanted to make friends. Uh, she was an overseas student uh, from somewhere in Europe. She came over, she joined with us for two years. She's now moved on. Not only is she leaving Belfast and going back to Europe with lots of friends who love and care and support her, but she's also leaving with a faith in Jesus Christ because she came and sought us out. And what a privilege it is to be able to do that. I'd love to share more stories of, um, of the people we've seen come to faith. A young student who, um, who had to take a day off of class um, because he was at a hair appointment and he was dead keen to get to it because he'd been sharing the gospel with his hairdresser. And literally a year later, he was at her baptism service. It's incredible what we see whenever we encourage students to step out. And so as I finish, how can you guys encourage and help support us? We would love to ask you to pray for us. On the 15th of November, we're going to have 50 new students moving into Elmwood Avenue with us. We would love for you to pray for those guys as they come and live with us. As we seek to minister in these newer campuses like Belfast Met and the, the Art College and the University of Ulster, we'd love for you to pray that God would continue to open doors. Pray for good relationships. And lastly, in your church, I'd love you to think who is among the church at the moment who's maybe heading off to university or maybe they're already at university and will be starting again in September. These people are key because they're going through such a transformative stage in their life. If you have people like that in your church, draw alongside them on Sunday. Encourage them. Let them know that you're praying for them and be a, a really good support for those because it's not easy, but it's a journey that we love to be on with these students and to encourage and to share Jesus as much as we can. Thank you very much. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.